Hey, Voices of the First Gen. So we're back. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus. This is Julissa. And this is your co-host, Elizabeth. So um, we have a lot of exciting things coming up with season two, where we'll be talking about being uh, social agents of change and what that looks like on different platforms. But before we begin with that, uh, let us tell you a little bit about what we've been doing uh, during our, I think what, it's been a three-month hiatus. No, it's only <laughs> been two months, but yes, it's been two months. <laughs> it's been like a long and time. And we are strong supporters of self-care, and um, just that self-care is needed for everyone. We took a break. Um, Julissa, what have you been up to? All right, so... I'm going to give you all the speedy version. Um, so, celebrated the holidays, mm-hmm. ate a lot of tamales, uh, so they were delicious. I did not help make them this time around because I was working. Um, you know, the Latino uh, Christmas, December 24th, is not yes. taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I went to Guatemala for two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun, but way too long. Uh, I... I'm very bad at self-care. And I don't know if anybody else is on the same boat as I am. But mm-hmm. whew, after the first week, I was thinking about work and school. So I'm getting there, guys. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, I'm human. I'm human. <laughs> so how was how the weather in Guatemala? It was hot. It was hot. In December? And in December. Okay, so because we're closer to uh, the, the equator. equator yeah. yeah. So it's a lot warmer. So I went to about 90 degree weather. Mm-hmm. And then in Lancaster, it's about, at that time, it was about 30 degrees. Super cold. So, you know, it <laughs> was snowing. <laughs> it was snowing That's and everything. Right. Yeah. So, it was it was very, very different um, in terms of weather. So, it was beautiful, though. I got to wear shorts in December and dresses. And mm. I couldn't keep my hair down because it was a frizz ball. So, those who have curly hair understand the struggle. Aww. It is very real. Yeah. But um, after two and a half weeks of tons of fun and tons of running around yeah. and not practicing self-care yeah. over there, but practicing it at the same time, okay. um, I came back uh, to, let's see, my first day of class, uh, going back to work. And then after that, I ended up with the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I understand why people have died from the flu. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. It's the worst. I even missed a week of work. It was terrible. But I was forced to practice self-care in that sense. So yeah. I literally finished all of the episodes of Heart of Dixie and started Virgin um, Virgin River on Netflix. Oh. Oh. Um, I was going to say I was gonna say Virgin Mary, but wrong thing. Virgin River on Netflix. Um, uh-huh. And uh, that's what I've been up to. So mm. I'm almost halfway through my semester. Okay. Uh, you know, awesome job. Sec- <laughs> thank you. Second year of... What I call grad school part two. Oh here, <laughs> here we come. Yeah. Oh, so that's what I've been up to. Uh, what have you been up to, Ellie? Well, I also had my family dinners and just Christmas, New Year's with the family. Super important for me to um, always go back to, to my family and, and be with them. Yes. But um, self-care has been really um, needed because I was still working also through the holidays and there, you know, I was really surprised. My patients were there. 
I thought my patients were not going to be there because of the holidays, but no, they were actually there. And I really enjoyed being there with them. That's awesome. When they would come to the clinic. So I really enjoyed that. Um, you see, that's the impact you're making. They're like, I don't care <laughs> if it's a holiday. I need to see Ellie. I know. I know. And, and you know, that is that is how it felt like. <laughs> Did you like it? <laughs> Makes me feel good, too. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Um, the holidays are really interesting. I think there were also some other, you know, personal stuff that go on as, you know, as, as we start aging and parents being older as well. But I think that's the whole beauty of uh, our role as first gen, mm-hmm. right? Being that those advocates when when our family members are in situations where they need support from us and we're the ones who are knowledgeable about these things now, right? But that's, we carry that with us everywhere we go. Absolutely. Um, we're only individuals who are trying to navigate these complex systems, exactly. you know? Exactly. And that's why that's our motto. That's, that's <laughs> our motto. Uh, but, you know, and not much of the sad news. <laughs> but, you know, I really am working on my self-care. I have a hundred hike challenge that I want to do before I end the Ooh. year. I Ooh. am currently in hike number, I think I'm in number six or seven. I need to check right. my Instagram. All right. If anybody wants to join her. <laughs> Definitely. I put that challenge in. buddies um, come with me um, exploring new places. But, um, I did some, how, what is that called? My friend did skydiving, but I did... Ziplining! Ziplining! There you go. It was her birthday, guys, so <laughs> ziplining for her birthday. It was so fun. Um, so that was some self-care. So let's, let's remember to take care of ourselves. That's important. Yes, because you do not want to crash with the flu for not taking care of yourself. Exactly. <laughs> your, your body, this is a clinician's in us, your body will literally... Help you get there. (laughs) It will help you get there. It will force you to practice self care. Um, So duly noted, body. (laughs) Noted. Um, But speaking of which, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So March it is Social Work Month. It is a Social Work Month. So what we're starting off with this, uh, we're kicking off this season number two, uh, just talking about social work. Mm -hmm. So. We're going to be talking about our experiences as um, going through the process of becoming social workers and being social workers, uh, how we chose to be social workers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're going to get to to hear a little bit. We're going to be debunking some myths because, you know, we are not baby snatchers. Let me put that out there. And we do not process Medi-Cal. Uh-oh, that's my phone. (laughs) Again, Ellie forgets. She forgets to put that phone on on I'm non-vibration <laughs> or silence in the short term, right? Um, we do not process Medi-Cal. We're not uh, always linking people to services. Uh, mm-hmm. We provide therapy. But as social workers, we we do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and, a lot, and, a lot of things. And yeah, and we do end up, you know, knowing about, about um, all these type of uh, social services that are available to community. Um, we do have to be um, the our role as keeping everybody safe, mm-hmm. which makes sense why people might think that we are baby snatchers or, you know, putting families apart, but we're, we're more than what people say. Yes. And that's our point. Of, and that's our point of, of creating this space to be able to talk about that. Yes, definitely. And, yeah. you know, um, we're very aware that there's a lot of politics and a lot of thoughts behind, um, the young man, the young boy, uh, Gabriel, 
Yeah. Um, and I know we know that there's a Netflix series. So we just, just wanted that yeah. just came out. Uh, I personally have not watched it. Um, I kind of started watching it today during my break. I can't do it. That's part of my self-care boundaries. Yeah. Um, because we already see a lot of trauma. Yeah, so, so then I, I had a pause. Yeah, yeah. But before we dive into yeah. that, right? Because it can get very dark very fast yes, yes, yes. <laughs> in social work. And forgive me if I start having cough attacks. Um, the flu gave me a lingering cough. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty bad. Uh, pretty bad. But um, let's just talk about, I guess, one, we've already talk- said that we don't take away children mm-hmm. from families. But we are mandated reporters. Mm-hmm. And um, as we were... Trying to figure out what we're going to talk about. That's something Ellie did bring up. That we are mandated, or ma- mandated, mandated, mandated yeah. uh, reporters, just like how law enforcement are mandated reporters, yeah. teachers, doctors, nurses, anyone who really works with individuals, you mm-hmm. know, who are in the care. Um, they're all ma- we're all mandated reporters. Yes, and a mandated reporter yeah. is someone who, um, if he or she sees that there's any type of abuse, whether mm-hmm. it's neglect, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, mm-hmm. physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, towards minors and towards older adults. Adults, yes. Yeah. Uh, and dependent adults. And dependent yeah. adults. Uh, we, it's our ethical duty to go ahead and report it. And legal. And Definitely legal. legal. <laughs> Definitely legal. Definitely we, legal. We can start an entire career. <laughs> legal. Um, yeah, so we have, to, we have to report. And it's something where... The Department of Children and Family Services, who is the it's like agency, the police, the police of, of of this basically. Yes, because they're the ones who investigate. They're the one, yes, they are the ones who investigate. We we often people often think that you know in the clinic and, and even us when I was an intern, um, uh, you know I think one of the things that that our our supervisors would always say were was that. You are not here to investigate, right? That That is the role of DCFS to do the investigation. We're here to support our patient through this time, um, this this trauma that's coming up or, or any of things that are coming up for, for our patients, clients at that moment and students. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot we see as, as social workers, as mm-hmm. therapists. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only a lot we see, and but a lot that we hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we jump into a little bit of that component, right? Because we've mentioned words like trauma. We've mentioned words like uh, it's gonna be heavy. It's gonna be heavy. It's gonna be heavy. So hang so on tight. Try not to be too heavy. too heavy. Yeah, hang on tight. <laughs> grab a stress ball. Grab some tea. Um, you know, uh, go under the covers. <laughs> No, you don't. <laughs> I'm joking. No, but you know what? We're gonna dark do humor. <laughs> Hashtag dark humor. Oh we're going to do a rewind because mm-hmm. we're going to take it back to each and every, both of us, our experiences pre-social work, right? Pre-social work means what led us to wanting to pursue this career? Like, what shaped us? What What are, are some of our experiences? Mm. Yeah. So, Julissa, what... Pre, 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 pre. What do you pre. remember? What do you remember about social workers, or, or what was your conception about social work? Okay, so first of all, in my mind, I was going to link people mm-hmm. to services, which I still do, right? But mm-hmm. I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not gonna jump ahead. Yeah. Um, I was, I was gonna be a case manager. That's what a social worker was to me. Um, I didn't think it was being a therapist. Mm-hmm. I never imagined myself being a therapist. Um. Uh, I, that's, that was really my entire notion of it. And, yeah. um, 
And just by nature, I wanted to help people. So I had a lot of experience working in nonprofit organizations, as, well, interning and volunteering um, in nonprofit organizations. And they were all social services based mm-hmm. or they were all very grassroots and so working out in the community. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to do something around that. Yeah. Um, so I looked at the Masters of Public of, uh, Administration at uh-huh. USC at uh, Cal State Long Beach, and I looked at the Master of Social Work program. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very honest. Um, I did not want to go to grad school, mm-hmm. so I just checked them out because people were pressuring me, and I just wanted to shut them up. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fine, I'm looking into it. This is what I'm doing. Um, but it turns out I actually applied <laughs> to the Master of Social Work. And the reason why was because the curriculum was a lot more appealing. So I was like, okay, since I have all this experience with nonprofit work, yeah. I'm going to open my own nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And my thought is, let me open one nationally and internationally mm-hmm. because, you know, um, I'm ambitious. And then I said, I want to concentrate in uh, military social work mm-hmm. because I wanted to focus on really what the deployment process looked like. It was something that intrigued me. And I had many friends in uh, the military. So I was like, okay, let me do this. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Like, why military? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I could dive into that a little more. You don't have to um, that much. But, but you know, I had a lot of friends. Um, I had someone who was really close to me who was in the military. Uh-huh. And I just became more and more interested. And, and as I went along the way, I, I learned that. Uh, separation of families looks very different, mm-hmm. whether it's through deployment, whether it's yeah. through immigration, whether it's through DCFS, mm-hmm. whether it's through incarceration. Um, but there are very similar emotions and components to it, the impacts of it. Um, so that was a little bit of why the military part. I just was very curious about what deployment looked like mm-hmm. and what reentry looked like. Yeah. Um, and uh, reentry, when I when I talk about that, it's more about Reentry to the community post deployment, coming back to the family and what does that look like? How how do soldiers come in, right? And thank you, yeah. soldiers, for your services. Yeah. Um, and how can we better help them? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where a lot of my interest came, uh, coming into social work. Okay. Um, so I'll just leave it at that before. Awesome. Right, how so about that you? Was pretty, yeah. That was pretty. For me, for me, pretty. Like I honestly, <clears throat> growing up, growing up in South LA. I don't think I ever experienced anything with social workers, but that was the thing because I didn't experience anything with social workers. I didn't know what social workers were. Okay. And and even in school, um, I never, never, I never really saw social workers. Um, and so my in my mind, my future, I wanted to be a nurse because I wanted to help people. Right, mm-hmm. because definitely nurses do that too. Uh, you know, it's it's a um, it's a another area of expertise, definitely. Um, and so I went into my nursing program as an undergrad student um, because all I knew was this is how I can help. This is how I can help, like Absolutely. medical stuff, medical stuff, right? Because in my family, a lot of medical stuff have been ha- have um, have occurred since I was smaller, and so that was already my role, like the care. Caretaker. Caretaker right. role, right? And, and that's so, a common role. Imagine, yeah, and so imagine nursing, and that was yeah. what I knew. Um, but you know what? Once I started in going into my undergrad and taking all these prerequisites for nursing, 
I ended up going to a sociology class, um, and in that sociology class, that's when I first really got introduced more into social work. Um, wow. and because I really love this whole advocacy part. Like, I love advocacy. I love program social development. Justice. Yeah, very social justice oriented. I just didn't know what I could do with that. It was always like, you need to make money somehow, and nursing was the way to go. Um, Absolutely, but, the American dream. <laughs> but then, Exactly, but then I realized that there's medical social workers, meaning I can incorporate both the medical part of it, um, <coughs> hospital work, medical work, with what social work is, which is incorporating like mental health, and, and that's been what, what have I, I've been enjoying um, and what I enjoy doing. And so that was my pre- pre-grad pre-idea of what social work was um did your personal statement include the medical part it did (laughs) (laughs) it did because you know what i was a volunteer i was doing public health back then okay and so i worked alongside nurses and the first time that i ever experienced a patient with suicidal ideation thoughts of harming themselves ending their life was with the nurse and I was frozen. Like wow. I froze. I didn't know what what do I do, right? What can wow. I do, right? Um, and so all I did was follow the nurse's instructions. Um, but that really made me feel like I really had to learn. How do I approach this? How do I deal with this? And it was um, a person who was homeless. And so I've, I've also um, worked with that population. And so. That really interests me. Um, and I believe he might have been a veteran as well. So there's so many different complex, you know, things going on there. So that really initiated my passion towards social work. Um, and I really started to understand a little bit more what it was until I got... I learned more as I started going to school. As we went to school. As we went to school. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a different world. It's a, a very different world, social yeah. work. And... Um, you're right, we encounter these different experiences that little do, did we know back mm-hmm. then, pre-social work, that it was planting the seeds exactly. to guide us to, you know, fortunately both of us being at the USC social work mm-hmm. um, school, uh, which is where we've met as we, um, those who have listened to our, our first, first episode. Yeah, episode. we talked about how we met. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I mean by fortunately we both went there because otherwise I wouldn't have met Ellie. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> so it's like, I guess destiny just makes things happen, right? Yes. Because initially I wasn't going to go to USC. I initially I was applying to Columbia the year before. Oh. Columbia University. Okay. With my friend, but things happen in life. And so I didn't end up going because I decided to stay in LA and I applied to USC. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, I only applied to USC. <laughs> so um, it was either I got in or, or no, or I kept babysitting. Um, <laughs> so here we are. I swear, this is a story of my life. I was like, oh, I'm just going to play here. We'll see where Destiny goes. Oh, God. Um, and Ellie knows this about me. She's just, she just looks at me and shakes her head <laughs> and laughs. Yes. Um, so social work, let's talk about the MSW program and what, what did, what did we learn, Ellie? What did you learn? And we never took any classes together. So we, we, we we actually, um, met at, um, part of the, what is, yes. And it's now the, now it's a Latinx, Latinx. um, but before it had a different name. So the school had a different name when we went there Mm -hmm. and the Latinx social work caucus had a different name. We were the last year, I think, with both of the finalized name yeah Yeah, for both the school and the caucus 
Um, so just so you all know, a caucus is kind of like a club, a um, yeah. but the master's degree level. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Ellie, what did you learn during social, <laughs> during social work? You know what? I think from everything, you definitely learn theory, right? Meaning how social work started, Jane Adams, Chicago, um, immigration, right, from back then. That was the initial reason. Um, but you know what? I think what when I really learned was when I was in my internship ah. from mentorship from our field instructors. Yes. And because field instructors, I'm now a field instructor, if you're really proud of that too. Um, <laughs> so field instructors do not get paid for the work that they do. They are field instructors because, um, what, well, the purpose is because we believe that we want to be able to teach the new generation of social workers. And so we, we provide um, our guidance, assistance, support, we teach, um, and lead in our organizations in, in providing the space for social work students uh, to learn about the profession. So I believe I learned a lot through there, through just through my internship. Um, and I was in medical, and I was in the medical social work route, so here we go again with medical stuff. I was in, the medical, social, <laughs> I was in the medical social work route. Um, but I, I really just learned the value of, being able to speak the language of the people I work with, mm. right, which are my community and who I am part of, because that really um, helps in them identifying and being able to kind of what we're saying, right, debunk these myths about mental health, about the reasons why we should not um, use physical violence, right mm-hmm. um and then use other means of, of being able to provide services, any type of services yeah. to to our families so i think that's what i remember the most that's what you remember the most well let's see what do you um so i remember a lot of theory mm-hmm. and i was bored so i would space out um so classroom okay so just so you all know i love I love, I love, I love to learn. But I get bored really easily. Mm-hmm. So theories didn't really stick to me. Okay. Only attachment theory. And the only reason why is because I learned that people around me had bad attachment. And I was one of those people. <laughs> right? And not to put myself out there. Attachment but, is basics. Right? It's yeah. basics. And, and, and I learned that a lot of our histories, whether it's um, mm-hmm. parents that we... like. Just things that we've gone through with our parents or things that we've gone through society or yeah. things that we've gone because of the government, because of of the different systems yeah. is what has impacted us. And I already came with that little background because mm-hmm. my major was sociology. Yeah. Um, yeah. Woo-hoo. Yay. Sociology. <laughs> um, I had a professor who was like, we're the sociology gang. But I'm not going to joke around about <laughs> gangs. Um, but it was really funny. Um but I learned more in depth about how systems are so interconnected mm-hmm. and intersectionality and really conceptualizing my thoughts mm-hmm. and being able to use that social justice lens yeah. in the different places that I that I walked um, through on the different platforms I was a part of. Mm-hmm. And 
I was always very overly involved, um, mm-hmm. even from high school to undergrad to to grad school. Not now, and grad school part two. But um, I learned how to use a social justice lens and a social work lens to be yeah. able to get what I needed for clients. Yeah. And that's something, that's a skill that I needed to refine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a little bit of what I learned in social work. And I learned that social workers don't only do case management. No. So um, I was placed in two high schools. Yeah. Uh, so I was, first of all, I was like, you're going to put me with annoying teenagers. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to work with no teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is, this is that, that, that part of me that was like, oh, no, I'm not dealing with sass. I'm not dealing with attitude. I am a very much a mother figure um, mm-hmm. at home. So I was kind of like, oh, no. If a kid comes and starts yelling at me, we're 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 going to have some very bad news. Like he or she's going to have some something to remember. But that's high school. But that's high school, right? <laughs> and I forgot that I too was a smart mouth, yeah. right? Because I'm perfect, um, in my own distorted thought process. And I learned I had a lot of distorted thought process too, yeah. and that comes with being part of different communities and being exposed to different things mm-hmm. at a young age, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I was able to connect, yeah. and I was able to see that how it. It just affects teenagers. And but not only teenagers, right? Going back to this whole systems theories, but really seeing how it connects with teachers because teachers come with their own stuff Mm -hmm. and how why teachers get triggered and then counselors and what counselors do Mm -hmm. and then social workers how we get triggered and then like law enforcement and how that happens. So everything is really just just kind of like our logo. Mm -hmm. We have a fist with the chains, right? Kind of like everybody's a chain and we're all so interconnected. And I learned that. And that was very clear mm-hmm. um, as I was in, in grad school. Yeah. And the importance of learning policy and understanding the policies. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Like that was really something I learned. So I learned mm-hmm. a lot of things. And I learned that I had a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More than I gave myself credit. Um, so I think that's. Those were very like just crucial learning points for me. Mm-hmm. As I was in grad school. Because. I was like, okay, I got this. I can mm-hmm. do this, right? Mm-hmm. And it was also very safe because I had a very good supervisor. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of mentors. And, and there's so much, as first-generation students, right, at that point being a student, you know, just the value of having a mentor and someone who can guide you in order for you not to fail was so yeah. important. Because I never had the word for it. And we talked about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. or the yeah. imposter phenomenon. But... That's what I was experiencing as I was there. Yeah. And it was the first time I experienced it, but I never acknowledged it. And that's something that came later for me. Yeah. But it's, now that I reflect back, it's something that was very real. Mm-hmm. And I also learned that looking young mm-hmm. was going to get in the way of a lot of things. Mm. Because I didn't look my age. I looked younger than the age of 23 when I started grad school. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also learned that being a Spanish speaker... That's where the value came Mm -hmm. because I was able to navigate different systems and navigate different families Mm -hmm. um, using my bilingualism. And now I see that Spanish is like a big fad for a lot of people, right? Because, you know, there's monetary compensation Mm -hmm. and that's not even something I was thinking about. Um, But it's kind of like, oh. This does come come in handy. My my family was right. <laughs> yeah, my mom would always, my dad would always tell me, um, excuse me, speak Spanish, <laughs> and I did. I was forced to to learn Spanish when I was smaller. But you know, going back, going back to what you were saying, 
I think what during grad school, the most amazing thing, I, the most amazing thing that I really did experience was um, the policy part of it. Because we often think of social work in the micro lens, and micro lens when you directly work with the mm -hmm. student, when you directly work with the patient and clients. The mezzo part is when you work in the community, right? Um, working in the community, um, doing, you know, classes, working with organizations. And then the macro aspect of it is development, being in management positions, mm -hmm. even policy. Because policy shapes laws. It shapes the way that your organization is going to function. Yes. It shapes the way that yes. you as the head head of the department it's um, like I, I guess in my role right it's like working um like in the medical care like being able to advocate for mental health and what it means in a school what it means at a clinic um so for me I really enjoyed that policy aspect mm -hmm. and if you saw one of our posts um Julissa uh, posted a picture of us at the California the Sacramento yes, Capitol yes yeah. it's like what picture yes because we went to lobby days in 20 Oh, gosh. 15, no, 16. 2016. Yeah, 2016 was our second year. Went to Lobby Days. Lobby Days is the, the National Association of Social Workers has a day <coughs> where this, I love this. I love this because um, you get to meet different social work students from different schools. They come in. It's a big, it's a big three-day three, three day conference. I think it's like a three-day conference. Yeah, it was a whole weekend. Where there's Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, Monday. when we go directly to the to the. To the Capitol. Yeah. To the senators, we right? Visit, yeah, we, we can visit assembly members, senators, anyone, depending on the bills. Um, depending on the bills. If it's a Senate bill of a, or a, a House of Representatives bill, then mm -hmm. we go directly to the office and we get to talk as, as students, um, mm -hmm. but as professionals and paraprofessionals who, uh, about the reasoning behind why they should support certain bills. Yes. Because that is how you get funding into... CCFS into the Department of Mental Health, into mm -hmm. these clinics, yes. into these programs like that help our community that members. That help our community members. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think just reflecting back on that specific mm -hmm. um, trip that we took, as first generation students, it is not often that we are provided with the opportunity to go to places like these and mm -hmm. enter these spaces. Yeah. And it just comes to be to show, right, yeah. as people of color. And as first generation students, how we're, our faces are being represented amongst these individuals who yeah. probably wouldn't have if it wasn't for an institution that would give us that opportunity to go. Yeah. And I think it was, it was intimidating and overwhelming and yet exciting mm -hmm. and just, just, I don't even know what the other word, I don't even know what other feeling I was feeling at that <laughs> point, but it was just like really amazing to experience that amongst other peers who had never experienced that before too. Yeah. And be like, we're in this together and and that in itself building that community, mm -hmm. but also connecting, like, oh, this is how policy works on all levels. Definitely. And what power looks like. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of social work in different areas, I mean we're just speaking of California because California is so big and it has so many different schools. But I remember that day I met someone 
from Berkeley, um, who follows the podcast. Hello. <laughs> and then I remember we met we met so many people um, from Cal State LA, Cal State Northridge, mm-hmm. there's San Marcos. Mm-hmm. There. There's so many different schools, and we're all in it because we believe in what social yeah. work and what social work what social work means. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so those were like some of the most amazing experiences yes. during grad school. Besides what we talked about in the first episode, which was um, being part of the Latino caucus, the yes. immigration, all these different involvement. I was super involved also in, yeah. in Ooh, school. First gens, I, right? Honestly, I know, honestly. <laughs> Overachieving first gen. Honestly, gens. yes. Um, how did we survive? We did it. We got through it. But you know what? I think this is where, where the beauty of community is so important because yes. I honestly felt supported by you, Julissa, oh, by same. our amazing friends um, yes. that were around us and yes. our mentors because we were being mentored back then by um, the alumni, the Latino alumni, yes. which I am now part of as well um, because I really strongly believe in mentorship. Um, but it just, it, everything always comes full circle. And and here we are. Here we are. Post grad school. Post grad school. Three year. Three four. No. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Four it's four. Years. Ooh, yeah. Time flies by when you're having fun. <laughs> um. So post grad school. So we we talked about pre grad school. We talked pre. During. during and, and then now post. Present post. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the realities of social work? And this is <laughs> our experience, right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about everyone's experience, but. Yes. We like, don't generalize. We and, and I think we've made this um we've made this comment before. Yeah. We don't generalize because we know everybody's experience is yes. so different. Yes. Um so just kind of to start off, I guess, on post grad school. So post-grad um, school. Yeah. Uh there's this Facebook post that uh-huh. I saw. Okay. Um a lot of our colleagues were sharing it and I read it. I didn't even see it until you I, told me. Yeah, I read it and there's so much reality to this this post um, that I agree on on uh, so many levels. So I'm going to read some of these uh, mm-hmm. points over here. And one of them is, you know, things that should sink in in terms of social workers mm-hmm. and what we do. So basically it says, get ready to hear about the girl sitting in front of you who was molested from age 3 to 15. Mm-hmm. Be ready to deal with the five-month pregnant mom who relapsed on meth. Mm-hmm. Get ready to hear about all the verbal and physical abuse a child and adult has sustained since birth. Be ready for all of the worst imaginable things that can happen because they happen to our clients every day. Yeah. Be ready to hear about the woman who was a CEO of a business who was two years sober, relapsed on alcohol. Mm-hmm. Get ready to tell the child that was dropped off at a psych hospital that now... DCFS custody because their parents left them and filed for dependency. Mm-hmm. And these are just some of the few cases that we see um, yeah. on different platforms, yeah. really. And this resonated a lot to me because I I was aware that I was going to be exposed to a lot of things mm-hmm. um, because I was exposed to a lot of things at my internships in high schools. Yeah. But working you know, in the foster care system and working in the juvenile justice system it just became more real and it was just more eye-opening to what humans can do and mm-hmm. what humans experience yeah. and also how those experiences were going to impact me. And I don't ever recall a professor telling us just 
the rawness of it and how truth it was. We had some excellent professors <coughs> who shared a few things here and there, but there were also some things that I wish I would have known that it's like, okay, um, there are going to be days. I mean, I think we, we talked about this. There are going to be days I'm going to be in my car yeah. and I'm going to want to cry, yeah. right? Or there are going to be days that I'm just going to scream my just head out because things get yeah. so frustrating or... I've literally, at my job, there are punching bags. Mm-hmm. It's for the boys okay. that I work with, but I have used them a few times oh. because I'm just like, I am so angry and this is the only way I can channel because yeah. although we're trying to help so many people, the laws that are sometimes in place and the people that lobby for certain laws mm-hmm. don't understand the difficulties of our job and create things that yeah. don't match with what our population needs. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that that Right? We can go through all this lobbying, we can go through all these things, but there are things that are going to be play, put in place that really, I can see how it's helpful, but it's also yet a disservice to the populations yeah. that we work with. And you know, this is and this is something that we, we learned, that whole power and control, right? Yes. And usually power and control, when we think of it, we think of it in some type of entrepreneurial violence, right? Domestic violence. But this is power and control at a systems level. Yes. Because they, people want to maintain this control. And so this is the beauty about social work now, right? Because now I've gained, these four, these past four years have been really, really worthy of, of gaining experience of working directly, <coughs> understanding how humans function mentally, physically, Whoa. emotionally, spiritually. That's true. Um, I have learned so much. But school gave that school definitely gave me a foundation of mm-hmm. the the whole theory and how to research right and policies. But once we start working in it, it's when it really starts developing our um, our professional growth, right? Yes. Because so what happened was that after graduation for me. Um, this is why I always advocate for um, do, doing and connecting during your internships and when you're in school because it it gets um, it's not as hard to find a job because you are connected yes. right to people and so I think I was very lucky to have a job right after um, right after graduate school. Mm-hmm which led me into starting my social work route into getting licensed and that's something that I'm I'm preparing myself for this year mm-hmm. um, but within within that um, within these last four years something that I have really learned has to do a lot with just working with with humans with people um, who look like my parents who are like my sister who are like my brother um, you know, I've worked with um, with people who have chronic illnesses and who just got diagnosed with something and they're going through a loss um, with the college student who is overly stressed and is trying to um, do their best that they can with anxiety and depression and with trauma, right? And so these are our ordinary, ordinary people and who are part of my community. Yes. And that's what I love the most because I can work with my community. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When it when there's a point where I have someone who is not part of my community, right? There there are moments where I'm like, 
okay, I have other patients who yes. are, are going through this, right? But then I have to go back and put a lens and be human about it because this is their experience. Yes. Yes, I come from a community where there's <laughs> violence and there's where there's this and there's that, right? But then I always come back and think about, like, person and environment, which mm-hmm. is this is their reality and yes. I have to be there for my patient regardless if my patient is another race, regardless if they're of another class. Mm-hmm. Um I have to be there for my patients, yeah. and it's, that's social work. Yeah. It's yeah, it's very true. And mm-hmm. just to touch base on the whole, like working with people from your community, I need. I know, like for me, you know, growing up in South LA, yes, there was a lot of violence and there was a lot, a lot of injustices and, and mm-hmm. inequities. And but it it's crazy to be, to enter a field where I'm going to see a lot of people who live in my community, and yet we've had polar opposite experiences. Mm, and yeah. there there are many, many experiences that are very similar, mm-hmm. but also very different. Mm-hmm. And like learning to understand that and learning to be right, be present and be mindful. Yeah. And in the process of that, learning to actually implement what self-care is. Mm-hmm. And granted, I'm, I'm very much a working process on that. But learning what, what that really is and experiencing it and the power again it goes down to like mentoring right and mm-hmm. finding those supervisors and i and it's something i've had to learn along the way because when you're in grad school they appoint you someone they do yeah. right and this is your person and this is a person who you're going to have and this is who you who's going to mentor you mm-hmm. but when you go to work you'll have a supervisor but it doesn't always mean that they're going to be mentoring you this some, right, some yeah. leadership styles look very different mm-hmm. and as a first generation person I didn't realize that it didn't dawn on me until I got to the workforce mm-hmm. that, you know, I knew about the different leadership styles in a theoretical base, right? Mm-hmm. Through that framework, but never through through really seeing it firsthand and experiencing it firsthand. Mm-hmm. So having to be in these spaces where I had to find a mentor, right, where that was outside of the supervisor, whom I was like, oh, this person's going to help me. It's like, oh, wait, they're not really helping me, yeah. right? That's a reality because... Maybe our, our personalities didn't match or maybe their leadership style didn't match the way I work. But really having to find that mentor because otherwise you won't survive this field without that, I feel. And there's that's why there's a lot of burnout, um, a is. lot of uh, vicarious trauma. Mm-hmm. And these are things that are touched upon but not really implemented of how we can better practice um, that self-care. Yeah, you know... When I think about th- I think about that and how lucky we are though as social workers because our program um, is shaped in being mentored by someone yes. right yes. and then there's so many other fields where you're not mentored yes right um, you kind of have to find your own internships and then it's more just schoolwork mm-hmm. and then you're out on your own right and so I think I think we're really lucky to have that in in the way that the program got established yes um, I agree because I don't I don't know and I would love to hear what the experience is from others in yeah. regards to how they're they're doing it right um because it's it's really amazing that we do have supervisors mm-hmm. that are there who want to teach but then we also have others who don't um, like yeah. you mentioned, who don't. Yeah, and that's okay. Um, yeah, and, and you know what? Then that's where that's where we go forth. And like what you mentioned, we go forth and look for someone because that's how we're able to survive. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, then there is really no growth no. that could happen. No mm-hmm. growth. And then we, we look elsewhere. 
mm-hmm. and we lose that passion. Yeah. Um, we lose passion. And I see a lot of individuals in that case. And something I've also learned um, post-grad school is it's okay to learn at an early time that when a field is not your field. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's the case. That's why I went back to a PhD program mm-hmm. because... I love what I do, but I hate it at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I say this a lot. <coughs> Excuse me. If I sound like if I want to cry, it's because I want to really cough. <laughs> um, <coughs> but like, I learned at an early, early, early in my career that I did not want to be in a field where there was so much heaviness. And I didn't want to carry... I feel like I carry a lot of the traumas. And granted, mm-hmm. that's me having to learn to push them. But there's... There's also like a hazard to it, mm-hmm. um, and I and I I don't know what other word to use, but like for me, learning like okay, the way I think about things are going to be very different. The way I walk down the street are going to be very different. Mm-hmm. I don't feel safe as often. I'm always looking around. I'm very hyper vigilant. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that go through my mind. Like I see somebody and I, unfortunately, right, start profiling and unfortunately start diagnosing immediately mm. i hear all these stories and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't stop and and we do hear these stories um because it's so true like um people will people do have a negative connotation of what a social worker is mm-hmm. and so we do have to be on guard like wearing our badge right i used to work as a community um, more community-based so I, I don't know if you worked in this Teresa, but like i would go to the the student, the, the child's home and be there with the, with the parent. Yeah. Um, but then you don't know what's going to happen or you don't know how that session is going to go and now you're watching your back. Mm-hmm. You're watching your back and not knowing if, you know, someone's going to do something to your car. Um, or someone's literally waiting for you in the corner. Or waiting for you. Yeah, you've heard so many stories yeah. of, like, uh, these horror stories yeah. of what happens to social workers um, and which is why many... I don't know if it's many, but why some individuals decide to to perhaps not do micro and do other other to types macro, of social work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um I just wanted to put that out there because it is a reality mm-hmm. of of where a career can can take you sometimes and, and that it's okay. Because I think that we don't hear that often, whether it's in our field or any other field. Yeah. Ain't that it is okay to realize that sometimes a field may not be for you and then you can look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you build on that. And you build on that. Those experience. are skills. Transferable. Yeah, yeah. transferable skills. Yeah. But that's okay. And I, and that's something I did want to make a point mm-hmm. because I know for me, a lot of people gave me a, a really hard time about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you just got your career. Like, why, why are you trying to move? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and there's that pressure. Yeah. There's that big pressure. Yeah, often we do find ourselves like you went, we went through school, this is what we're learning, this mm-hmm. is what we're doing, this is what we practice, and then eventually you figure out that uh, maybe perhaps that's not exactly what I want to do. And like you mentioned, it's okay because your strengths are are contributing in other ways, not necessarily through micro, through meso, through macro, and possibly not any of those three, <laughs> and then you do something else. Yes, and exactly, that's okay. exactly. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we, as, uh, uh, because I, I feel like maybe we've gotten a little over our time <laughs> because we, 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 we love touched, to talk. I know, we love to we talk. Touched, we touched on what we were going to, we wanted to focus on, which yes. was the 
pre-social pre- work, during social work, and post. post-social work, which is now. Yeah, <laughs> and some of the realities of social work. So I hope we didn't traumatize you guys way too much with some points that we made. I don't think we uh, were too heavy. <laughs> I don't, really? No. I don't know. I don't know. Our perspective was a, is a little skewed. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, just a li- that's just a little bit about our perspective. And gra- again, right, just to reiterate what Ellie had said, um, mm-hmm. we do not speak for all social workers. Um, we have very, very unique um, experiences and different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And as we go on with the month of social work, you'll be able to see that we're going to be posting some things on, up on Instagram. And we're also going to have two other social workers, um, colleagues of ours, former colleagues of ours, um, come talk about their experiences as first-gen mm-hmm. social workers and their background. So we're super, super excited. But we're not going to give any names yet because those are those are surprises. Yes, very <laughs> surprises that we, that we um, are looking forward to meeting with you all. Yeah. Yeah. So to leave on that note, um, a favorite social change um, quote that I have here has to do with uh, something that I received my first, I think it was my first year. <coughs> it was my first year. Um, yes, in, first in semester. Work. I think it was, it was like first, first week. I don't remember. But Might have I, been the I, orientation. I got, some part, I got some part of it. And and I, I actually used this. I I used it. It says USC social work, right? But I used it with one of my interns um, who's, who's not from the school, but I told him, I told them, let's read this, right? And we read it together, and he was super surprised um, as to what it says. But I'll, I'll leave it with this. It says, as a social worker, I am here to listen, not to work miracles. I am here to help people discover that they what they are feeling, not make feelings go away. I am here to help people identify their options, not decide for them what they should do. I am here to discuss steps with people, not to take the steps for them. I am here to help people discover their own strength, not to rescue them and leave them vulnerable. I am here to help people discover they can help themselves, not to take responsibility for them. I am here to help people learn to choose, not to keep them from making difficult choices. I am here to provide support for change. And that's exactly our purpose um, in this yes. podcast, to be able to support um, professionals in this uh, agents of social change. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and in Road. just this journey as um, being part of Voices of the First Gen. Yeah. So um, stay tuned for more. <laughs> we'll have more stories and we'll, we'll try to keep it light. <laughs> we, will, we will. And I'm going to go back into um, doing my 100 uh go <coughs> hike for this year um so you can find me on instagram with my hikes and self-care and julissa um i will stay busy and practice less self-care because i have midterms and finals and presentations and um work don't be me practice self-care <laughs> um and i'll be i'll be drinking a little <laughs> so i'm joking i'm joking no i need some vitamin c I will. I need to get rid of this cough. Um, all right. So that's all I'll do. And remember, we are ordinary people in this world navigating complex systems. We will see you at the next episode together with some um, favorite colleagues of ours. Yes, yes. So stay tuned. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.